Father, right now, Father, we just pray for this atmosphere. Father, we just pray for this message, Father. I thank you, Lord, that your anointing breaks the yoke, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you would shift us, Father, so that Satan won't sift us, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you would set us free tonight, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we would be free, Father. We need to find the key to freedom, Father. We want to not just talk about freedom, we want to feel free, Father. Free to dance in the Spirit, free to speak in the Spirit, free to pray, free to do whatever we need to do. Oh, Father, let us taste freedom tonight, Father, collectively as a body and personally, Father, in our personal life, Father. Oh, Father, break everything that binds us, Father. Break everything that, that constipates us in the Spirit, Father. Break everything that makes swell, swells our bowels, Father. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, we would hear this message tonight, Father. I thank you, Lord, that those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying would hear, Father. Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you would break all sleepiness, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you would break every distraction of the enemy right now, Father. All witchcraft, we bind it right now, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for an anointed atmosphere and message, Father. We take it by faith, Father. We take the rod like Moses and we take it by faith and we hit the rock and we say, water's going to come out even in this dry wilderness. There's going to be water coming out of that rock. And even in this dry wilderness, man is going to be coming from heaven. And even in this dry place, quail will rain down. Meat, chunks of meat, Father. Thank you, Father. Manna from heaven, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. And this message is called Taste of the Ears. Taste of the Ears. How many in this room know that, we have, that our ears have taste? Our ears want to hear a certain way. We all have a certain taste bud in the spirit. We have things we want to hear. And then when the truth is being spoken, if it's not the truth, we don't want to, we'll resist it because it's not what we have taste for. See, if you have, if you, if you have taste for a steak and somebody gives you something fruity, you're not going to like it. And vice versa, if you have taste for something fruity and somebody gives you a piece of meat from heaven, you're not going to like it. So we're trying to fellowship with the truth, but we need to taste, have the taste for the truth. We need to love the truth. Timothy 4, 3 through 4. For the time will come, and this is the time now, for the time will come where, where when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall heap themselves teachers having itching ears. And they will turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. A lot of us have itching ears. Some, uh, we all love the truth in a sense. We love the truth about Jesus. We love the truth about the cross. But when it comes to truth to a certain level or a certain place, we don't want to hear it. When it has to do, you know what God was showing me? God, we love to hear the truth about everybody else and everything else but ourselves. We need to start wanting to hear the truth even about our own state, no matter how deep it is. The reason why you resist the truth is not because... You just have a tough problem in your past and this, that, and the third. No, the reason why you resist the truth is just because you don't want to hear the truth. When we want to hear the truth, we receive the truth. That's It's simple as that. And God was even showing me that we have a mindset about the truth, how we think when the truth comes that it's going to hurt me or I'm going to be in a bad place, so I don't want to hear it because I'm tired of being in a bad place. Well, you're in a bad place because you don't like what you hear. But actually the Bible says the truth will set you free. So how we need to start looking at truth when it comes is actually freedom. Just like Shane said on Sunday, when we look at the cross, we can't keep looking at the death. We need to look at the resurrection. When we look at the truth, we can't keep looking at how it hurts. We need to look at the life and the freedom that comes after it. Look at this one verse here. 
Proverbs 9, 7 through 9. Whoever corrects a scoffer... Oh, no, sorry, that's not the one I wanted to read. Hebrews 12, 11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields peaceable, peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. Correction might hurt. Truth might hurt. Things of the sword might hurt. But actually... We keep looking at how much it might hurt, but we don't keep looking at the fruit, the peaceable fruit of righteousness that actually comes after it. We're so offended with the truth because we're offended of how it, it has affected us. When we look back on the past and we say, well, when I heard that truth or when I heard this, it put me in such a bad place. But if you actually loved it, you wouldn't actually go to the bad place. If you actually love the truth, because here's a sword trying to come in, the sword of truth, right? Trying to come in and stab and take the cancer out, but you keep running in resistance, so it's poking you and poking you. Yeah, it hurts. Of course it hurts. Because when you resist it, it hurts. But when you just let it go right through and take it out, it's all done. Surgery's over. But some of us have to be in surgery with the sword of truth for hours because we keep resisting the truth. Why? Because we don't love the truth. And I'm, like I said, I, and I, I believe that, yeah, there's people in the world that love the truth, some people in the world that don't love the truth, and then there's some that Love the truth about certain things. Oh, I love, just like in the false grace. That we, do, we all do the same thing certain times with different things about God. False grace loves His grace, but they don't love His severity. And sometimes we even love all different parts of Him, but the one part that we don't like, or the one part of the gospel that we don't like. We might even like denying ourselves, but there's one part that we don't like forsaking all. Maybe it's because our family, or our friends, or our jobs, or, or things we don't want to leave. We don't like it because we like that thing. But we need to have love for the truth because when we have love for the truth over any other love, really we love him more because he's the truth. He's the way, the truth, and life. So if we really love Jesus, we need to actually love the truth because he's the spirit of truth. All truth even comes from him. God was even showing me that even all truth, even in the, what the world sees as truth and knows as truth, is even from the spirit of truth. But the most important truth is Jesus and the kingdom of God. Now, we need, even, even just, not just the gospel, see, we, we believe right about the gospel, but when it pertains to our life, that truth, we don't want to touch. We don't want to go there. We need to let the, the truth personally cut us and love that truth because then we're being respecters of truth. Oh, I, I, oh yeah, yeah, that person's doing that for sure. They need to repent. But you're being a respecter person because you're respecting yourself. You're like, oh, yeah, they need to repent, but not, you don't need to repent, Right? Because the truth is not for you, because you don't want to feel the sword cut you, but really you're looking, you're being actually religious when you're running from the truth because you don't even realize that the Bible says the truth will set you free. Itching ears, they turn, because they have itching ears, they turn from the truth. So the reason why you keep turning from the truth, resisting it, is because you have itching ears. And some part of your ears may be full of the salt. Of the, of the world, the earth, Jesus, and, and, and hunger for the truth. But then some parts of your ears, there's small parts of some of our ears. We're all guilty. Everybody listening on YouTube is guilty. There's some parts of our ears, really, that are sugary, especially when it comes to our personal life. And we need to take out even that little bit of, that little bit of itching that we have. Some of us are itching like a dog, and some of us are just, just got a little scratch. We need to get, we need to stop scratching. We need to leave it alone and let the truth penetrate our ears and turn it into what... See, if, you don't, if you're not looking for what saith the Spirit tonight, or anybody listening to this, if you're not hearing to what saith the Spirit, 
looking for what's at the Spirit and you're looking for a certain message, you have itching ears. See, people go listen to preachers and they're looking for a certain message, but they should be looking what God is saying to me, what God is saying to the body, what is the truth. Not about, oh, I want to hear this because this is what I want. This is, what I, this is my lust. This is my... We hear... See, it even says it here, actually. It says, they heat themselves teachers having itching ears. They even, they, they, you go, that's why YouTube has become such a big thing for many people, for many preachers and many people that have itching ears because they can just go on and pick whoever they want like a buffet. Well, I want cheese doodles today, so I'm going to go pick this pastor. I want hard steak, so I'm going to go get that one. So, so we keep choosing and, and going like that because of how, what our taste is for. We have taste in our mouth for sugar. We're going to go after the sugar-coated gospel. John 8, 31 45, through 45. Then, Jesus, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples. If you continue in my word, not just the word that I've spoken, red lettering, but my word even now, if you continue in it, you will be my disciples. We stop being his disciples when we stop walking in the word of truth. See, the word of truth is the narrow way. You want to go on the narrow way? I'm going through the narrow way. I'm being... No. Well, if you're resisting the truth, you keep going different ways. We, the narrow way is the way of truth. When we keep walking it, we're walking, finishing our race. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. He's talking about being his disciple and staying his disciple. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And we're not just talking, see, God was showing me, it's the, when, it said, when he says that, it's not just talking about, yeah, he, whatever, he's talking about Jesus and the resurrection and all that, whoever believeth on me will be saved, but also even the truth about everything in our lives, with ourselves, with our brother, with our sister, our current state, or how things are. See, you could have things going on in your life with different people, or family, or friends, or this, that, and the third, and you can feel bound, because you're like, oh man, because this is happening and I have no control over it, I'm going to feel like this forever or until it goes away. But really, God was showing me that if you accept the truth for what it really is, you will actually be free. You may not be free from certain situations in the flesh, but your spirit will be free. See, the truth makes us free in the spirit. We're looking for the truth to make us free in the flesh so that we could do things in the flesh, so we can have more money, more this, more that. But the truth will make us free in our spirit, man. We, our spirit man needs to feel free. It doesn't, you know what? We keep looking at the end times and all this stuff, but if we feel free, it won't even bother us. If our spirit is free, our, we don't even care what's going on in the flesh. Have you, ever, have you ever felt so free that you wouldn't care if there was a thousand things going on? You could, you're just satisfied in the place you are. That's the truth that makes you free. But we need to, why, why is it daily, day in and day out, here and there, I'm free and I'm not free. Freedom is based on the truth. So sometimes the, the enemy comes with lies. You have itching ears or this happens or somebody speaks a lie and then you start entertaining it and then you start to feel bound up and heavy up because when lies come upon those that are of the truth, it starts to bind them up and they start to feel heavy and they start to feel like something's not right because the enemy has access through that. But when we cut the lies out, the truth starts to make us free and it starts to bubble up. So whatever the case may be, if you're bound... In a certain area of your life, what is the truth about that certain area? What is the truth that you're not accepting? Because maybe you're not bound. The enemy can't just take you bound. You have, he, he, he has to have your consent. But his consent is when 
He said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. So if we don't walk in the truth, we've just given him consent to bind us. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed and we and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be free? See, they were even talking about bondage there. And he's saying, how, how can you say that this make me free? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever committed sin is the servant of sin. And even God was showing me that even the truth about when we accept the truth about the things that we're actually doing that we don't want to see, we actually, it, it comes in and gives us godly sorrow and it leads us, what is godly sorrow? It leads, to, leads us to repentance and we get free. But when we don't want to accept it, and then we just, somebody corrects us and then we man-please them and say, oh, and we have worldly sorrow. We're sorry just because of them, the world. We're sorry for the world. I'm sorry for making you mad with people in the world. But we need to be sorry because it was against God, because it grieved God's heart. That's godly sorrow that leads to repentance, and that's the truth that makes you free. We need to understand these things. We need to stop running from the truth because the truth is why you're not free. Jesus answered, and the, and the servant, 35, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that, see, you want to eat his flesh and drink his blood? Well, his flesh is the truth. His flesh is the word. And said, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood to even remain in me. So you have to stay in, yeah, the truth about his death and burial and resurrection. We have to drink his blood, yeah. But we also have to eat the truth of his flesh, of what he's giving us by the Spirit every day. Or else we're, we're no, we're, he says, do you have to do this to remain in me? So why sometimes we feel like we're out of Christ and in Christ is because you need to eat his flesh. He serves you to, today with certain truth, with a certain piece of meat. You need to eat it no matter what it is. But you should want it. That's the point. We should want it. But we don't want it. We force, see, a lot, of, a lot of us, God was showing me, a lot of us force ourselves to eat the truth because I know this is the right thing I'm supposed to do. This is what Jesus said, but you don't love it. What did it say? It said, a strong delusion came on those that love not the truth. It didn't say a strong delusion came on those who received, didn't receive the truth. It said that, that didn't love it. You can eat it, but not love it. Then you're just eating it because you just want to get into heaven. Then you're just eating it just because you want to be pleased. You want to please the master. But really, he said, you need to love what I love. If you want to please me, you need to love what I love. You need to hate what I hate. You need to have my heart. And that doesn't take a lot of work. You just need to repent and ask for me to, to, to give you that savor. Why does the salt of the world lose its savor? Because you're savoring something else. You know when it says the salt lost its savor? Well, what is the world savoring at that time when it loses its savor? What are you savoring when the salt is not effective amongst us anymore? It's because we're savoring another thing, the things of man, not the things of God. That's why Peter couldn't endure the cross or the cross, Jesus' cross because he wanted another way. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. You want to kill me, not because I'm just me. You want to be, kill me because you won't let the word penetrate your heart. You won't let the word find place. And this, there's a scripture that I'm going to go to later where Jesus even said, you know why the world hates me? Because they hate it because I tell it that its deeds are, 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 are wrong or that its deeds are evil. Why? Because they hate the truth. 
They didn't hate Jesus just because he was Jesus. They loved the miracles and signs and wonders. But when he started speaking truth and saying, deny yourself, John 6, 6, 6, and his disciples left him. They loved Jesus. Yeah. I mean, if Jesus came down here and just did miracles, signs and wonders all the time, the whole world would follow him. And even the Pharisees were worried that if we don't stop this man now, the whole world's going to follow him. But it was the truth. The miracle signs and wonders was meant to draw people, but the truth was supposed to set them free. See, but then when we get to that truth, then we're like, oh, whoa, now this is why I was leery about this guy because he, now he's going to tell me to touch things in my life that I don't want to be touched. But we can't just always go to the goodness. See, the, the false church, grace church, always the goodness of God, goodness of God. But how about the truth? And, and they, call, they call the gospel the hard things, hard love. They call it hard love, but it's love. That's what it is because over the years, because of TV, movies, all these things that we've grown up with, we've been desensitized. So now everything we hear has to be so nice and delicate and so sweet. And don't say it so hard. Don't hit your, your don't, don't, don't uh, punish or discipline your kids anymore. Don't. So everything's now a seeker friendly or sensitive type thing. And now the gospel, the, this generation, just like it said in Timothy, cannot endure sound doctrine anymore. What is sound doctrine? It sounds... Like the truth, it sounds like what Jesus would say. But that's why they don't preach anything else. But he died on the cross and he rose again. And that's all you need to do, believe. But none of this, the gospel is not just he died on the cross. It was everything that he spoke. The gospel was everything that, that they recorded of Jesus. That was manna for, our, for us to eat. That we would grow in the spirit, that it would be our foundation. He gave us the foundation of our walk, everything he spoke. What should we pray? Well, there you go. There's your foundation. What should, we, what should if, how can, if we want to come after you, what do we have to do? If any man come after me, he must deny himself. He gave us foundations. The found, yes, the center of the foundation is the cross and the blood and the resurrection, but really the whole of the foundation is his word. That's what gets us in the door. That's what breaks the veil. Now it's like, okay, now this is, we're not just get it, walking in. See, people just want to get to heaven. That's the thing. That's why they don't, Want to, want to hear sound doctrine. But God wants people that want to, not only want to get to heaven, but they want to be saved. They want to be set free. They want to be delivered. They want to know God. They want to know the truth. And you see that the best ones or the ones that really follow Jesus at the end of the day are the ones that came in the kingdom because they wanted to know the truth. They wanted to follow the real God. And that's why God, Jesus had disciples unto himself in his time because he found Jews that really, he even looked at Simon, I think, and he said, you're a real Jew. Because why? Because he really saw the law and he was really seeking the truth and really wanting to know. And he knew that, that what? They, they, they went to him practically and practically were telling him that, and some of them were, some were doubting, like, of course, Thompson, but they knew they had something in them that bore witness that he was the Messiah. They wanted to know truth. So, so God, so the father came to Peter and showed him that he was the Christ. How do you know that I'm the Christ? Peter? Because the father has revealed it to you. See, when we want to know truth, God starts to reveal things to you. When we, don't, when we don't want to know truth, we start to realize, why do we never get revelation? Why do we not get understanding like some of my brothers or sisters or this, that, or the third? It's because what are you looking to hear? Remember it says over and over in Revelation, those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, meaning those that want to hear me will hear me, and those that want to hear something else, they're not going to. And you're not going to hear him just because you're around him or you're around others that are around him. You're only going to hear him if you want to hear it, no matter how it sounds. But we have to get rid of the religious mindset that it's going to hurt us. 
but that it's going to set us free and bring deliverance. We want to deliver, but we need the truth to deliver us. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. See, they're not by Abraham's children, just by blood. It was because they weren't Abraham's faith. And then it was, we're the children of Abraham because we're the kids, the children of faith. He begot us by faith. It's not bloodline. Abraham is our father. Jesus said, if Abraham was your children, you'd do the work. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not, this did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then, he, then said they to him, we be not born of fornication. We have no one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither I came from of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my truth? Even because ye cannot hear my word. You don't, you don't want to hear my word. Those, those same people that were having a problem with Jesus and wanted to kill him are the same Jews of that, they're the same sect of the disciples, the same people. And even Paul was killing Christians. So how come them all being Jews... Ones that received them, one that didn't receive them. How come some received them and some didn't? And some got the promise and some didn't? Because it all came down to who was seeking the truth. Who wanted the real truth? Or who just wanted a God of their own imagination that they pulled from the Torah? So who, who, it's, that's what it comes down to. It's not about because the family is this. The family is that. It's about who wants to hear the truth. Why do you not understand this? Because you cannot hear my word. Ye are the father of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth. See, the devil was deceived because he resisted the truth. You will be deceived if you resist the truth, if we abide not in the truth. That the devil was, may have been in the truth, but then he got out of the truth and he made it about himself. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, the father of, li of it, the father of lies. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. If you will believe him, if you want to hear the truth. One, John 1, 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Lies lead to darkness. Truth leads to light. Then eight, John 18, 37. Then Pilate said to him, you, so you are the... Are the king or a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness of the truth. Jesus came to bear witness of the truth, to, to call the truth truth, and the lies lies, because if it was up to man, they would come up with their own truth, and then generations and generations on top of that would believe the truth that man came up with then. But Jesus came to establish truth as truth, that them that would receive not the truth would be damned, and them that would receive the truth would have eternal life in, in Christ Jesus. That's the whole point of why Jesus came. He just told you. Yeah, he came to save the world, but he came to save the world by the truth. Bear witness of the truth. Everyone who hears, who is of the truth, listens to my voice. When I, oh God, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice. Well, I'm not going to speak to you if you don't want to hear the truth because you're going to be mad at me. You're going to be offended with me. Some people are offended with God because, not because they're offended with the being God. They're offended with the truth of God that he's going to speak. So then why do you think 
Other, then p- other people have dreams or other people have to tell you what God's saying because you can't hear God anymore because you don't want to hear it. But out of mercy, God will send people. Out of mercy, God will send dreams. But it says a prideful man, because he cannot hear during the day, he has to hear at night. What? In dreams. But it's about because we don't love the truth. But if we love the truth, how many dreams would we really have that we need to hear? Zechariah 8.16, these are the things that ye shall do. Speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Didn't say make peace, just make peace, just to make peace, just because we're the kingdom, the children of God or we're the, the whatever, we're Israel or whatever. It said speak truth to one another. The truth brings, brings peace, but it's for those that love the truth. This is, and this is some things God was telling me. The more we stand on truth, the more we stand on freedom. The more we walk in truth, the more we walk in freedom. We keep searching for freedom, but you need to be searching for the truth. Because if you walk, I'm telling you, if you seek for freedom and you don't seek for the truth, you're going to find another freedom, a false freedom, a false peace, and a false joy. Because eventually you're going to get tired of it. But what is the problem at the end of the day? So you don't love the truth, is you don't, or you don't love certain truths. You may love the truth, but there's a level that you're willing, you want to stop at. You put a ceiling on the truth, but we need to let the truth go. The more truth, the more you'll feel, freedom you'll feel. And it, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter where we are in our walk. There's certain things in our life we don't want to hear because it's like, no way, that can't be true. That's too deep. That's too far. I don't know about that. Or that, no, I wouldn't believe that about this or about that or about that person, about this person or about myself. Because there's no way, man. I'm, I'm, this is, and then you start to justify things. You find, but at the end of the day, you still feel that conviction deep down inside. At the end of the day, you still feel that bearing witness. It says that the Holy Spirit will come and he will bear witness of the truth. But we don't even have that bearing witness because we don't want the truth. But if we are looking for the truth, all, all the truth that's in front of our eyes and around us, we'll always start to bear witness with it. We'll always start to see it. And we'll start to see things and we'll start to be free. And then we'll actually be led to set our brother and, f- and sister free. Sometimes we can't even set our brother and sister free or we can't even set somebody else free in the, in, the, in the streets because we're not willing to see the truth with them or if it be our wife or our husband or if it be our children because it's, no, that can't be true. That's too bad. That's too crazy. But if you would just see it, and not resist it because of the what? Because of the pride. That can't be my life. That can't be their life. That can't be me. But we need to really be willing to put down our pride for freedom. We're not putting down our pride just to put down our pride because that's what we're supposed to do. We're putting down our pride to be free. Let that set you free tonight. Put down your pride to be free. Not to just do it. See, we do things to do it, but we got to know why we're doing it because there's freedom on the other side. Why are we dying on the cross? Because there's resurrection. The truth is the key to freedom. The truth sets me free. The more I walk in truth, the more I walk in freedom. People are chasing after freedom, but they should be chasing after the truth, and then freedom will come. The truth sets free. So if you're, if you're free, if you're free, you're, truth, you're in truth. If you're not free, you're not seeing the truth, or you're not walking in it. And lies bind us. Truth sets us free. And God was showing me that sometimes we'll see you ever felt like you see something or whatever or, or you're feeling something and you start to see what it is or whatever and you start to see the truth about it but you, still, you, still, you feel a little free but you feel a little bound still? It's because you're, sometimes we want to see half truth or sometimes we see a little bit of truth and we start to feel that freedom but when we let it, the, the sword cut deeper 
and we start to see deeper, we start to feel more free. The freedom, see the sword is really, the more the sword goes in, the more free it feels, actually, if we love the sword. I'm telling you, if we change our mindset tonight and we change it to the truth, seeing the truth as love and the truth as freedom, we'll, we'll be wanting to, we'll be hungry for the word of God like we never have before. Why, how come, when we hear some, sometimes we hear words, we hear messages, or we hear prophecies, whatever the case may be, or dreams, and we resist it, because we, we, need, to, we need to start to love it. And then we'll be, we'll be begging God for it. We'll be pulling on His garment. Why are we not pulling on His garment? Because we don't want what comes from His garment. We need to, want, we need to desire it, and then we'll go, well, that's why we're not hungry. God is, I was asking God, why are we not hungry? Right because... You need to be hungry for the truth. You need to not just... See, you're hungry for manifestation. You're hungry for power. You're hungry for awesome signs and wonders, and that's great. But these signs and wonders shall follow the gospel, shall follow the word. The power of salvation is on the gospel. The saving power is on the gospel. So that even that saving power, it goes back to the truth. It goes back to the word. It goes back to the gospel, to enduring the cross. If you're offended, you're not seeing in truth because if you're offended, you're not seeing in truth because you're not free. If, you're, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. It means you're not seeing with the eyes of God. If, we, if what we see offends us, then we need new eyes. Then we're seeing with eyes of the flesh. We're not seeing the things rightly. We're seeing through our own lens still. And like the Bible says, if something offends you, pluck it out. We need to pluck out our lens, our, the way we see and, let, and put in God's eyes and see how God sees. But we say, well, go, well sometimes God sees so deep, so what? It's going to be free. But because we haven't experienced certain levels of that, we don't know about that and we won't do it. I'm telling you, we need to change our mindset. And even the things about the world, they won't bother us when we actually see the truth about it. Some people don't want to see all the things about the world because they want to live in their own imagination and, and things. But if God's showing you something about it, I'm not talking about trying to figure out things in your flesh. I'm talking about when God's showing you things and, and we, we either receive it or not. But when God even shows you things about the world, we start to feel free and we're like, oh, okay. And then we start to realize. And then there's gr the grace is upon the truth. Empowerment is upon the truth. When we walk in the truth, we, we actually, He actually gives us grace to receive it. He actually gives us power to walk in it and not be bothered by it. But when, we're bothered by it because we see it, but we don't like it. We don't, we don't want to hear it. Well, uh, and we, get, we bind ourselves up because we're in that middle thing where we're resisting, we're fighting, we're, no, uh, yes, maybe so. Truth breaks the bowels. Truth is like, you know what truth is like? Truth is like a laxative to your stomach. You feel bound, yeah? You feel like it's whatever, like in the flesh, like you feel constipation. Well, the truth will come in and it'll break it all. The anointing breaks the yoke and the truth makes you free. So really, actually, God was showing me that when you actually, when the, when the truth comes from his mouth, actually the anointing is, 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 that's the anointing really. Because Jesus is the anointing, but he's also the truth. He's also the word made flesh. So when the word comes down, when Christ comes down, when Christ is being exalted when the truth is being exalted see we exalt christ in name but we don't exalt christ in truth because what did he say you said he said you have to worship me in spirit and truth he didn't say worship my name 
He said, do it in my name. But he didn't say worship in my name. He said, worship me in spirit and truth. Meaning if you want to please me, if you want more of me, if you want my anointing, if you want this, that, or the third, you need to walk in the truth and you need to do it by the spirit. Because he's the, what is the spirit? The spirit is the spirit of truth. So he's saying, walk in the, he's saying, worship me in the spirit of truth and the truth. But the spirit of truth really brings all truth. So really, we need to worship in the spirit. But if we want to walk in the spirit, we need to walk in the truth. We need to be willing to walk in the truth. But our, our carnal mind comes in because our, you know why the carnal mind is at enmity with the mind of the spirit? Because our carnal mind doesn't like the truth. So if we, if, we get out of our, if we get our heart out of our carnal mind and we get it gearing towards what our... If we, just, if we would just come so and just rip off everything and say, you know what, God, I don't care what it is, how hard it sounds, I want to hear the truth. Then things will start to come and you start to see things. You're going to be like, wow, I never saw that before. How did that happen? Whoa, whoa, whoa. And then you start to see things in your life. And then God starts to show you why this is that, why that's happening. And then you're like, wow, it's free because I know there's nothing... There's nothing hidden from me. When, when there's nothing hidden from you, it feels free. But when you walk in a dark, when you walk in a dark place, you, you get scared because you don't know what's there. You don't know what, and then you get scared of bumping into things or whatever. But when the light is on, when the truth shows you everything, then it's free because it's like, oh, okay, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not worried about anything. I can see everything from a distance. I can see what's coming. I can see what's around me. I, it says that, that he's the light, on, a lamp onto my feet. The truth is a lamp onto your feet. And it shows you, and then you're not worried about walking in the dark. See, we're, we're, we walk through the, the, the valley of the shadow of death, but there's still the light of truth that leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. Though it may be dark, but my God is with me because his truth is with me. And he said, if anybody, if, if anybody received my words, my father and I together will make our abode in you on the throne of your heart. This is how powerful it is to receive just the simple truth, whatever it may be. People say, well, I'm not ready to hear the truth. I'm not ready for that level of truth. And you know what? You know what it is? When, if, you say you're, if you're saying that, well, I'm not ready to hear the truth. Or some of us are at some places where I'm not ready to hear that level of truth. That's too deep. That's too much for me. I'm not ready to get delivered of that yet or not hear. That. Well, then you're not ready to be free then. That's what you're telling me. If you're not ready to hear it, you're not ready to be free from it. See how religious it is? Because that we, that we, how we run from the truth and we're like, oh, no, no. Oh, it's going to be painful, I know, but I'll receive it. No, that's not how it's supposed to be. See, uh, Mary, was, Martha, or Mary was at Jesus' feet wanting to hear his every word. But maybe Martha was so busy because she didn't want to hear his words. Maybe Martha was busy because she was like, oh, he's awesome, but I don't, like, he's, I don't want him to tell me about me or anything about sin or stuff because I'm still doing this and that. Jesus said hard things. He said, told people to go. To, the guy's like, I want, can I just bury my father? He said, go, let the dead bury the dead. Let him bury himself. He called people snakes. He called people this. He called people that. How, how, much, how much do you really want the truth? Because he can bring the truth. Well, I didn't like how Jesus called the king a snake because I like the king. He's a great guy. I, I, he's done stuff for me and done all that. But when you're not, but when you so respecter of that person, you won't want to hear the truth about that person. Oh, well, I like the, the officials that are, that are running the country. I like them because, or whatever. And then because 
you don't want to see that because you're, you're favoring things. You're loving that more than the truth. Or I like my family. I want to be around. I want their fellowship. I, but God says, but you're not going to fellowship in truth and spirit then. Then it's not kingdom fellowship. They even had to turn, even Paul was telling them to turn away from unbelievers because if, we, if they actually were around unbelievers, it, it yokes you up. It bounds you up because it's not free. There's no truth. There's no, you, when you're around the world, when you're around people around the world, you have to, you, have, you can't say certain things. You can't be real. You have to put on a fake face. You have to be like, yeah, the great day. But when it's around kingdom people, you can, it should, well, it should be free. It should be totally, I can just speak. I can just be honest. I can be genuine. But in the world, because I don't want to offend them, I can't be around them. But if you're willing to put on a face and you really put on a mask, then a mask in the spirit, then go ahead. Go be around them and be around that and put on, that's, that's fine. And some have, some have the grace of having people, family or friends or whatever that are willing to just receive them, how, receive you how you are, even if you're crazy and they feel like you're a fool for Jesus, then that's fine. But some are not willing to be true, be walking spirit and truth around their family because they know their family will tell them to leave. They know their family will deny them. But then you're bound up. And then you're saying, I'm there to make get them free, but you're bound up now. Because you're in compromise now. And now you feel like you just feel you don't feel free to be you. A life full of truth is a life full of freedom. A part of our life that is bound is a part of our life that is not, is not sound. You're not free because you don't want to allow the truth to set you free. You think that, you think truth is there to hurt you and make you feel down, but it's there to do the opposite. I'm just going to skip some stuff. And then Jesus said, they, if they hated you, they hated me first. So we wonder why. Well, we say, well, they hated Jesus, so that's, they hate me because I'm a Jesus follower. But then we see some Jesus followers that are able to be accepted by the world and accepted by the crowd. And we, they say, well, that doesn't make sense because Jesus said they would hate you because they hated me. But then remember, remember what we said before, because they didn't, the world hates me because of the truth I speak. So some of these guys and some of these things that are going on, these awesome stadium things and blah, 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 blah. There's signs, wonders, and miracles, but because there's no truth, that's why everybody comes. That's why there's millions and people watching on TV and all this stuff because they love, the, they love being, yeah, of course, yeah, I want to be free. I want to be here. I want to be all this, but I don't want to hear the truth though. But I believe that God is actually doing something where, the, if, where there is going to be revival. There's gonna, it's going to be a really a truth revival. The revivals that we've had have all been miracle signs and wonders revivals. Yeah, because everybody loves the power of God. Even your unsaved persons in your, in your life will love it. Yeah, if you can heal them and you could do something, if they would believe in a second. But how, how crazy, how, how uh, mad would it be for them to believe, but then when they come into the kingdom and they see what, what it's really all about, and they're like, oh, wait, I didn't sign up for all this. You see people that, they, they see miracle signs, they love it, but then they come in and they hear the word preached, and they're like, oh, man, all right, I knew it was going to be like this. Or they turn away. Because they, hate, they hated Jesus because of the truth. And, he, and he, there's even some places he could do no mighty signs and wonders because they, they were looking at his flesh. But even certain places, he had to tell them, woe to you. He had to tell Bethsaida and all this, to repent because... 
they were not willing to receive the truth. No matter, they were, they, people got healed in those cities, but the truth set them apart from God. The truth distance uses you from God. You feel distanced with the family of God. You still distance with God. It's because you're distanced from the truth. We cannot obey the we cannot obey the truth fully without loving the truth. You want to obey the truth, you have to love it. We cannot obey two masters. We will either love the one or, or, or love the other. We need to love what he loves and hate what he hates. Proverbs 979. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abused, and whoever reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will be increased in learning. And I ask God, why does, why does a wise man respect you? Because he loves the truth. If you correct a wise man, he'll grow wiser, and he'll love you. But if you correct a scoffer, why? Why will they scoff you? Because they're scoffing at the truth. Why will they love you? Because they love the truth. How people receive, and I'm, I'm talking about, I'm preaching to myself, we're all preaching to each other. But how we receive just shows what, we, what we're loving or what we're loving. See, but that's the thing is God is done with the two masters where we love the truth, but then we love the lies and we love the illusions, but we love how it really looks. We have to be all in, all in with the truth. We have to be totally be willing with, be, be in love with the sword because the sword is in love with us. The sword is all about our freedom. The sword is all about deliverance. The sword is all about cutting the old man away. The cross is all about our deliverance. We look at the nails, but see, as we're getting nailed, the arm gets nailed, it dies, and it shows up on the other side. Then the other arm gets nailed, then it shows up on the other side. And some of us are on the other side of being risen, which is half our body, or just half of ourselves because we don't want to accept the nail. We don't want the nails to impale other parts of our life. We're like, oh yeah, I'll receive that truth. And then, then we see splurts and little fireworks here and there of resurrection power. But we don't see the fullness. We don't see the, like this, this thing that like, was on Jesus. When Jesus came out of his resurrection, it was like, you could even feel it when you're reading the scriptures. How there's like, you can feel like there's like a new, a, a new life on him. A new and he was, and he went, and it said after that, after he was resurrected, when he spoke to him, he said, and as he spoke, their hearts burned with fire. But sometimes we speak, and it's people's hearts are burning with fire, and sometimes we speak, and it's not. But how much are we willing to die on the cross? How much are we willing to receive every part of ourselves being crucified? And the more we, the more we're crucified, the more will be, the more of us will be resurrected. But God actually showed me, you know, we want to go high, to high levels in the spirit. And we, wanna, we, want, oh, we say, God, I want to go higher. I want to go deeper. I want to go. But God says, you need a decrease and I can increase. You need to die and I can live. See, dying actually gets us up levels and, or gets, brings more anointing, gets, brings us higher in the spirit. Oh, God, I want to soar. And, we, and yeah, we need hunger, but and the hungry will be filled and all that stuff. But actually, the more you die, the more you, you're hunger, because then there's nothing left, so you have to, then you start to hunger for something, and then it comes. But when you're not dead, you're still hungering for the, the things of the world. We need to kill our love for the things of the world. And I, and I think Marlene spoke about something like, we need to, uh, you know, we talk about, we look at things in our life, and we want to crucify it, and because we know we have to, or we know that the Bible says but we don't really want to because we still, we, we want to kill it. We're like, oh, but I like that thing. But that's where you're going wrong. That's why it's so, that's why 
death process is like a two-week thing for some of us to kill one thing in our life because we love it still. We're like, no, I don't want that to die. But we need to ask God to take the things, of, to take the love of the world away from us, to take the, the love of, he said, if you don't hate father, mother, brother, and sister, you, they, you need to, we need to not hate them as in hate, but hate them as in not wanting, not loving them first over him, not wanting to have that as your pinnacle, as your God. When we, when, you know what? When we love the truth, we'll love correction. You know why you don't love correction? You know why we don't love correction? Because we don't love the truth. Because we don't want to hear it. When we start being hungry for the truth, we'll become like the wise man. And we'll be like, oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I didn't see that. Oh, thank you. Now I feel like I'm... Then your territory starts to get expanded. Then you feel like... But we have to change our taste. But what's your, what are you tasting for? What do you want to hear? The taste of the ears. What do you, what's, what do you, what do you want? And, and it said, even it said when, when he ate the scroll, that it was in his mouth like honey. See, we taste for honey, but we don't want to taste for the word that is like honey. It was bitter in his stomach. What it, it sounds like, really, it sounds like it should be the other way. It's bitter in his mouth and, and sweetness in his stomach. But when we taste, when we want the truth, it tastes like, it tastes good. It tastes sweet. But if you don't like honey, then you wouldn't like that scroll that, uh, John of Patmos or whichever one it was had will spit it out the truth only hurts when you don't want to hear it 2 Thessalonians 2 9-13 even him whose coming is after the working of Satan will with all power and signs and lying wonders with all deceivableness of righteousness to them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved, that they might be saved. For this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that should believe a lie, that they might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. Even the last day judgment of who's in the kingdom and who's not is all based on loving the truth. Brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of His Spirit and the belief in the truth. Sanctification through His Spirit and belief in the truth. The truth sanctifies you. The truth is like water to the soul. The truth cleans you. It's like taking a shower in the Spirit. But the water's too hot. We need to, we need to let it all, we need to just let it do its sanctification thing. That's what we need to be looking for. It hurts because our pride hurts. The truth hurts because our pride is getting hurt. That's the, that's the fact of the matter. But the truth feels good when you keep looking, oh, on the other side, I can't wait. Oh, I'm going to feel so good. Oh, I'm going to have a great season now. I'm going to get out of this bad place. You're in a bad place because you're not where the truth is. You're not in a place of truth. And you're, or you're resisting the truth. You may see the truth. You might not be accepting a lie, but you're in the middle and you can't be in the middle. You got to just receive it. John 17, 17, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them in truth. And he said, when he preached to them, when he was preaching them before he went on the cross and he was speaking all these words, and he said, by my words, you've, you have already been cleansed. His word cleansed his disciples and his word is going to cleanse us. If we call ourselves disciples, his word is going to cleanse us. But then there's times where he cleanses us and then it's time to bear more fruit and he rips the tree of all the fruit. And we feel like we're, we're bare 
and then the truth has to cut deeper into the ground and now it's time to bear more fruit. But then we don't want to go deeper than that. We need to, if we want to go deeper, we have to go deeper in the truth. John 4, 24. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. We talked about that before. If we want our, you know what, our, our worship that we think is worship where we, you know, we sing and dance and we have a great time in the presence of God is actually, that worship is actually based off of this worship of spirit and truth. Because if the Spirit of the Lord is free to be Himself, if the Spirit of the Lord is free to speak what He wants, then you will start to be free to, in Him because you know that God is, God is, when God is pleased, He starts pouring Himself out on all flesh. When God is, is, is when there's nothing, see, when, when God is not, is, when there's God, issues that God starts to have or where he's, when He's quenched, He takes away His Spirit. He takes away His, his power. But when He's, Free to be himself. That's what, that's what quenching the Holy Spirit is when, is when we quench God from being himself. And then we, or, or, or God wants to do something else and you want to do another thing and we quench him because he can't be free. Or, or because, we don't, because we don't like what we're hearing. See, if we don't like even this message now, we're actually quenching him and he can't be himself and he can't manifest himself. Because he says he resists the proud. He's no respecter of men. Just because we're sons and daughters, he's no respecter of men. If we call ourselves his sons, we have to be sons of the truth. If he resists the proud. So if, we, if, if, we are, if we're not willing to receive it, then we're actually being the proud that he has to resist. If we resist, resist the truth, the truth will resist us. And he's, he's, the, he's, he's the word, so he will resist us. Oh God, I'm willing to say, your spirit can come in and do whatever I want. But then so a gift starts moving and then it starts speaking. And I'm like, and then the Holy Spirit gets quenched because you resist it. Not because the person didn't speak an, a, a word from God, but because the crowd didn't like it or certain people didn't like it. And then the Holy Spirit gets quenched because he's like, man, every time I come down there or I move and I, then I want to just be myself. They say I, they want me to. Be, me to be myself, they say Holy Spirit move and all this stuff, but then when I start moving and I start doing things that they don't like to hear or see, then I, it's like I can't be free. And then God, what does God have to do? He has to take us through the wilderness. He has to take us through things to strip us so that we want to love the truth. It took 40 years for a generation to finally come saying, we want to just obey God. That's what we want. We don't want to resist you. We don't want it our way. We just want it your way. And then they went right into the promised land. But they went around the promised land going around the same mountain because they wanted it all their way. They wanted manna, they wanted manna, they wanted this one, they wanted this. They wanted Moses to hurry up, but they didn't want God. 2 Timothy 2.15, and we're almost done. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker has, need, has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Rightly handling the word of truth. Do you want to be approved? Amongst the body of Christ, you want to be approved when you minister out and you have, or you, whatever you do? Right? Show that you're approved by showing that you have the truth. Show that you're approved to God. See, you want, you want to be pleasing to God. All He wants you to do is let the truth have its way in all, every part of you and He'll be pleased. There's nothing else we have to do. There's no, we can't do anything in our own strength. We just, the only thing we have to do is just put down our pride and everything else. And the truth comes in and we start, and it, and it says that he will quicken the flesh. He will, we, when we mortify the deeds of the flesh, he will quicken the flesh. But we have to let the truth mortify it. 
1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 6. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. You say you love Jesus? Well, then why are you not rejoicing at the truth? Because if you really love Jesus, you have to love the truth. See, the resistance is because it's resistance of the truth. If we love the truth, we won't resist the truth. And if there's ways in you that feel resistant or ways in you that feel like it's like, ah, oh, when he's, oh, I know it's real, I know it's the truth, but ah, oh, I can't bend to it. It's because you don't like it, but you have to start to love it. You have to start to have the taste for it. And then you, it says love rejoices over the truth. So you claim you're in love. You claim you're in love because what? Because you do have a smile on your face and you do this and that and that. But if you really, it says if you really love, you rejoice in the truth. Love rejoices in the truth. It's not just kindness. That's part of it. But love loves to hear. Oh, I, that's amazing. And love is God. So if you're really in God, then it shows that you are in God if you receive what he says. If they, if they receive me, then they'll receive you. And they receive you because they receive me. And why do they receive me? Because they love the truth. All, all roads really lead to truth. When somebody says to them, now some people want to know truth about certain things in life or, or whatever is going out there in the systems of this world. But when somebody comes to their heart, just even if a lost person or whatever, regular person in life, and says, I just want to know the truth. I just want to know why I'm here. What's, what's all this? You know what I said before God really, uh, really got a hold of me? I said, God, if you're, if you're real, I'll follow you. If you're not real, I won't. I'm just going to do my own thing. I just wanted to know the truth. And most people, it's, it's when they want to just know the truth of what is real and what is not real. Genuinely in their heart. I'm not talking about people that just say it. Because there's people that say that, but really it's, they're using it for a hidden agenda or they're trying to manipulate God. But when they say it, God starts throwing this and that and the third and all of it leads to Jesus. And then they start finding, and then they wonder, well, how come this one had an encounter with God and that one? That one's been in church for this long and that one is doing nothing. He's just in the world doing this, doing that, going to the bars, going. But they just wanted to know the truth and that's why Jesus can really reveal himself to anybody he wants. He can show up and make the whole world believe if he wants, but that's not what he wants because he doesn't want robots. He doesn't want people that, he made us to choose him. He didn't make us to make us choose him to make us want him he's he's making us choose that's why we have a will well god why would god give us self-will because he wants us to he wants people that want him he can make the rocks to serve him but he doesn't make rocks because he wants people that want to serve him it's all about our willingness and the truth is only gonna 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 bear with willing people with willing hearts Last scripture. Everybody, you can stand up if you want. Matthew 27, 46 through 48. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, whatever that says. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, this man calleth Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on the reed and gave him to drink. And then God started showing me that it's like when, when we're dying on the cross and we're embracing death, and, but we have that taste 
for, oh, but I, but I just want to hear something else that will encourage me. But then they put the vinegar in his mouth. What does vinegar do? Vinegar will, if you have a, go, 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 wait till you have a taste for something sweet and then put vinegar in your mouth and then see if you really still have that taste for something sweet. We need to ask God to take that sponge of vinegar, like, just like the man did to him. We need to ask God to take that reed with vinegar and put it in our mouth and kill all of our taste buds of the world. Psalms 68, 22. In my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. That was before he even went on the cross and that all happened. In my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. In my thirst, when, when God, God, in my thirst, when I want to hear something nice or I just want my, to please my flesh or I just want to be man pleased or I just want to hear something that is not of the truth, put vinegar in my mouth and kill it, Father. Kill my taste buds, Father, that are not of you. Just ask God today, what are my taste buds? What do I want to hear? Because if I don't want to hear you, I can't have all of you. If I only want to hear parts of you, I can't have all of you. I don't just want a part of Jesus. I want all of Jesus. I want all of the truth because the truth leads to all of his manifestation power, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Just fill our mouths right now. Just say, fill my mouth right now, Father. With that reed of vinegar. With that sponge and squeeze it. Kill all my taste buds. Take the sugar out of my ear, Father. I want to hear the truth. I want to be a lover of the truth. Thank you, Jesus. Make us lovers of the truth. Let us have taste for what you want to say. No matter how hard, no matter how tough, no matter, we don't want to call it tough love anymore, Father. We just want to call it love because everything you say is love. The truth is love. And those that walk in it are walking in love. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.